0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from Betsided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them. It's over. Lamar Jackson. I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season.
2: Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the
1: 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go.
0: I think they're gonna have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed.
1: And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important
0: thing? Breakfast family i thought you meant of the things you need what's happening world it is bet and breakfast on a thursday great to have you with us ben heisler ian mcmillan donovan Smoot. the gang on thursday is here we got plenty for you on the program today over the next 15 minutes we'll go over our favorite bets here on thursday night got a nice little mix of of games to be able to decide from, a couple props, a couple plays for Thursday night football. We will also go over our pro-am for the week, talking about our favorite bets and favorite fades, heading into Week 14 Championship Week in college football, as well as Week 13 in the NFL. Guys, it's good to see you. Uh, It's been an exciting last couple days, actually, in the world of Major League Baseball. We've been talking about all these different teams signing a bunch of free agents, spending a ton of money, I think the New York Mets spent somewhere along the lines of 210 million dollars over the course of 24 hours baseball in general over 1.1 billion dollars in free agent signings and now it's all over the game's been locked out I don't know, I don't know if you guys have gone to, to MLb.com yet but uh, the the pettiness has now blurred out every player's face on the site like it's it's an absolute mess. And, and Ian, I know that you're, you're a big baseball fan down I know you're a baseball fan too, but um, it, it's just, it just sucks right now to see that this is the current state of baseball. And frankly, I have no idea when we're going to actually get games or, or whether or not we'll see games this year. This is going to be a long arduous process between the, the union and major league baseball. And I don't think anyone's budging anytime soon.
1: Yeah, it sucks. Um, I mean, whenever I think of lockout, I think of back when I was—I uh, don't remember what year it was—but I remember the NHL was locked out for an entire season one year. Uh, they yeah. didn't even like play half a season. I remember me as a young, little, innocent Canadian boy who where hockey was my entire life. I cried almost every day that the NHL didn't happen. So I, 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 I hope the MLB—I uh, hope MLB gets this figured out because, uh, especially in the summer, because there's nothing else to watch as far as sports in the summer. We need baseball.
0: Right. And and I was going to say, Donovan, I know that that you were not in this world the last time Major League Baseball had a lockout. You were just uh, a twinkle in in your folks' eyes at that point. But like we experienced it kind of uh, last year when baseball didn't get off the ground until the middle of the year because of COVID. And here we were like betting on marble races and and Madden simulations. (laughs) Just the world was just, just a cruel place. Nobody wants to see that this year.
2: No, no. I listen, The only the only thing that I have, I think the NBA lockout in 2012 is the closest thing to like an actual, actual lockout. Because even the NFL lockout that happened the year before that, they they got started on time. They, they didn't miss any games. And but I think for baseball, like when, when do you guys think that this is going to get underway? Right. Like like three months, four months, longer than that. What What, what are we looking at?
0: I want to be the eternal optimist here because that's just sort of my nature. Uh, you know, this 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 business hasn't completely turned me into a complete pessimist as of yet, although I'm certainly on the way. Uh, depending on how my bets go, but I I, I think if you we were setting if we were setting like a date like March first, like that that has to be it, right? Because you still need to sign all these different guys. You can't make trades. You can't make deals. You still need some semblance of a spring training. I feel like that's the deadline that they need to hit. I, I believe that baseball understands that they're at a crossroads right now between their and their fan base. They understand what happened in '94 and '95 and how deadly that was. So I, I would say they get a deal done by February 28th at like 11:59 p.m. That's where I think this ends. So I, I will take the under on, on March 1st to sort of the the final lockout day. What about you guys?
2: I think that's optimistic. I and so like yeah, I think one, shout out to picking March first as the as the deadline. That's my birthday, so that's great. Um, but but two, I just don't have trust in in billionaires to try to be fair. And so you're saying four months, I think this is at least a six month thing. And we're gonna get to the summer and baseball is probably not gonna be here. Wow. That's that's just where I'm at.
1: Yeah, Ben, you said you're an optimist. I'm, I'm definitely uh, more, more of a pessimist for sure. Um, and I will never underestimate the power of human greed. So as much as I would like to say that this is going to be done by March first, I mean, once again, though, I'm no MLB lock, lockout expert here, so I don't. I mean, I haven't dove too deep into it, but just based there's on not,
0: there's not the collective bargaining agreement copy just sitting <laughs> on no. your desk <laughs> to the side.
1: No, uh, but I will say over. But I'll say I'll say it gets done sometime in March. I'll say like mid to late March.
0: Do you guys think that for the first time really ever, and, and I think sort of the, the age that we're in and how much more coverage we receive and more sort of further nuanced discussion, I think is helping in this. You, you brought this up. Actually, both of you guys brought this up. The, the concept of, of the owners and billionaires not really wanting to give in uh, and also greed continuing to show a lot of power here. Do you think for the first time we might actually see the public really start to support the players on a more public level and actually be the, the agents of change here? Because I, I think we're starting to get down that road. Again, social media is, is a very small component of this conversation, but I don't know. I was up very late last night going through it once the lockout begun, and I have to tell you there weren't a whole heck of a lot of people that were on the side of ownership. And so to me, I think that's actually a big positive in all of this, that finally we're, we're starting to see the union actually get a little bit more representation here.
1: Yeah. And years past, people always kind of took the side of the owners, didn't they? Yeah. Like
0: they well, they're like, like, said, well, like players well, players are, players are, are making, you know, 20, $30 million, you know, they're playing a kid's game. Like that was always sort of like the, the narrative being discussed. And now I, I think they're understanding more so the player's perspective.
1: Yeah. It's an yeah. interesting point that I hadn't thought of.
2: Yeah. I think, I, I think, Siding with with labor, I think you're seeing it more and more in in every sport. And so I'm very curious, especially in in baseball, to see if like if this fan base and, and whatever fan base is coming up, if that actually, you know, can change the way that we talk about baseball going forward.
0: I hope so. And I think if there is a positive to come from this is that if the Baseball Players Association can actually dictate terms here, you're going to start to see, because because they've recognized more NFL players and more NBA players being able to truly take charge within their own sport. Um, and that's substantial. And I, I think baseball is in need of it from a desperate, desperate level. So from that standpoint, I'm, I'm very hopeful that it works out. At the same time, I want to see games. I, I want to see, I want to see Marcus Stroman pitch for the Chicago Cubs. I, I want to see, um, you know, Kyle Seeger now as a Texas Ranger. Like I, I want, or Corey Seeger, Kyle Seeger plays for, for the Mariners. So they're not in the same division. But I, I want to be able to see this moving forward. I also want to see NFL games and college football games. I think this is a good opportunity for us to transition into our pro picks of the week. For anybody that's new to the podcast, what we like to do on Thursdays, especially in the midst of college football and NFL season, is we have both of them at our disposal. So we like to go through our favorite plays of the week and also a favorite fade. Sometimes the the best play that you make is the one that you stay away from and find an opportunity to find value elsewhere. So let me start with you, Donovan. Give me a play for the week, either in the NFL and college that you love and maybe a game that you're choosing to stay away from.
2: Yeah. So I'll start with the one that that I love. and I, I, I like this, but I can't stand that it's the Patriots because they just keep doing it year after year after year. I, I really like the Patriots plus three um, against the Bills. I like them plus, you know, plus one thirty on the money line to win this game as, as well. This defense is on fire. They they've given up, they've allowed less than a touchdown in the last three games. I think that coming into this game, the number one thing that you're going to see from them is that Stephon Diggs is going to get taken out of the game. We are we already know, you know, what Belichick does. Um, the Patriots before last season, right before the, their down season they want a seven game winning streak against the bills they're back up now mac jones is here they have all the confidence in the world and the one thing that we were looking at early in the season is how explosive can the patriots be and we've seen them put up 30 points regularly especially in the last you know month or so so i think that that's going to be a really really interesting thing um you know going going to buffalo the one game that i don't love this week is Giants and Dolphins? I got I picked a trash game last week with the Texans and the Jets, and I knew better, but I still I had faith in and I had faith in Tyrod, but I still picked it. This game is gonna be just like that. I, we still don't know if Daniel Jones is gonna be healthy. Um the Giants are 26th in scoring, the Dolphins are 24th. If this turns into Mike Lennon versus Tua, I have no idea where this game goes, and it's just gonna be a bad one. So I I just want to stay away from this one.
0: I hear you. What about for you, Ian?
1: Yeah, uh, the one that I'm looking at, uh, which has turned into my favorite. So I sat down, I sit down Wednesday nights to handicap the whole NFL slate, and I kind of deep dive into it. Um, And I started looking into it, and I realized that the Raiders are actually a good football team. Uh, So I love the Raiders minus two and a half against Washington. Uh, And i got to fade Washington here, because Washington's kind of in a sell-high spot. they won three games straight, but in their last three wins combined, Uh, Their net yards per play is minus 0.97 in those three wins. So uh, they're getting outplayed but finding ways to win games. So they're not – like, don't let Washington convince you that they're actually a good football team. And by the way, what net yards per play is you just take the average amount of yards a game – on offense per play and subtract the amount of yards given up on defense uh it's a stat i look at quite a bit um and then just overall for washington 20th in yards per play 29th in opponent yards per play this is not a good football team and then you look at the raiders that net yards per play stat that i just cited they are fourth in the nfl and net yards per play goes bills rams bucks raiders so not only did I bet on the Raiders as my best bet uh, for the weekend at minus two and a half against Washington, I laid a Super Bowl bet on the Raiders last night, eighty to one.
2: Now oh, I, will wow.
1: say, <laughs> spa, I will say, I will say the kind of the reason why Boom. the Raiders they have these good stats, but they they the record is not that great is on third down and in the red zone, both offensively and defensively, they're in like the bottom five in the NFL. If they can fix their third down and red zone issues, this is like a top five football team, which sounds crazy to say because it's the Raiders, but.
2: I, I got to You're, trust you're bold. You're you're <laughs> bold. I, I'll I'll say that. Do they? Uh, do they I, make the play.
0: a couple dollars. We'll see what happens. I, and Donovan brings up an interesting point. Like they're, for, they're six and five, but they are still on on the outset yeah. of, of trying they're, to be. Able they're to make they're it. fighting
2: for their lives right now.
0: At the same time, the AFC is also garbage. Like you have yeah. any team that could really go on a run. Like the Broncos are, are double digit dogs in Kansas City. Andy Reid is like a thousand and one. Uh, coming off of a bye, but he's seven and five against the spread over his last 12 games. So it's not that substantial. But you would make an argument that if the Broncos win this game, maybe they should be catapulted all the way to second now in the division instead of the Chargers to win it. But but the Raiders are interesting. And, and I gotta tell you, man, like if you're if you like him at 80 to one to win the Super Bowl, then anybody who visits Winbet right now is going to love it because the Raiders at Winbet are 150 to one. To win the super bowl so i you know I, you might have to uh head over to new jersey uh, that's I know what i was just gonna at. say yeah <laughs> you might have to take a train ride today and uh, place another futures bet because those are very very intriguing odds at 150 to one also teams like you know, minnesota's 100 to one broncos are 150 to one you know i, I was excited when I, I took the broncos and the raiders at 66 to one in the preseason but that was only because i thought aaron Rodgers was coming into town uh sure enough If you're looking for value for a couple six and five teams, WinBet certainly has it. Um, So that's that's a really interesting play on the Raiders. What about for a team that you're fading?
1: And just one last point about that. If there's ever been an NFL season where a team uh, like a six or now a seven seed can go on and win, it might be this year because just like the parity in the NFL this year is huge. Uh, But yeah, the game I'm going to fade is actually, I'm looking at college football SEC championship. I'm not going to bet on this game uh it's i believe it's still a six and a half point spread georgia should win they should cover um and i am generally a big statistics guy but just based on the history between these two teams um that doesn't have anything to do with statistics whatsoever i'm just not gonna bet (laughs) on this game as an atlanta falcons fan i know how cursed georgia football is uh they've lost what six or seven straight games to alabama now it seems like no matter how good georgia is alabama just finds ways to win these games uh, one of them was an overtime win. Another one was a comeback win. I think that was in 2012. Uh, A.J. McCarron, I believe it was for Alabama, if memory serves correct. Uh, Georgia just can't win this matchup. So like I, I even though they should win, just the whole um, aura of this game scares me. And like Alabama is like the college version of the Patriots, like uh, at least the old Patriots uh, throw their dynasty. Just no matter how outplayed they get, no matter how uh, things go during the games they just find ways to squeak the wins out i mean perfect example is the iron bowl last week against auburn uh losing the entire game they just managed to come back just managed to tie it up at the end um auburn scores a couple times in overtime they just match them and then they just squeak out the win it's just like this alabama team just finds ways to win games so uh six and a half points brand i mean the numbers say georgia but I'm i'm gonna stay away just based on history
0: if you're look, if you're looking to sprinkle a little bit on Alabama on the money line, uh, if you're into trends, okay, Alabama under Nick Saban is sixteen and one playing in Atlanta. Sixteen and one. There you Again, go. There you go. We, 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 we do we do these <laughs> weekly articles. We do these weekly articles over at BetSided about these wild wagering trends. And if you did it purely based on the trends, and this is what your your betting record would be. Uh, Georgia's the better team, but if you believe that all of a sudden there's some bad juju coming out of Georgia, maybe Alabama on the money line, which uh, I'll have to check the the exact numbers at the moment over at WinBet. Uh, but that might be something to consider, especially because if Alabama's going to hang around, they're going to hang around. Uh, it's plus 200, so so two-to-one odds that Alabama ends up winning this game outright. And, and Georgia still probably, you guys would agree that Georgia still makes the college football playoff oh, even yeah. with the loss yes. to Alabama, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean,
1: maybe not in a normal year, but I mean, especially with this year with like every team has a loss, then yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. For my play and fade this week, I'm still hanging around these these Philadelphia Eagles. And that is with the current situation with Jalen Hurts. He says he's going to play. Um, they don't even need him to rush, but if they do, <laughs> he's going to just run all over the New York Jets where dead last in the NFL in yards allowed uh, in, in touchdowns. Uh, from from a rushing standpoint, um, and it just feels like and, and we talked about this a little bit in our best bets video the other day. Um, the the game last week for Philly just kind of felt like a, an opportunity to stay away. The Giants defense had started to play better. It's a road division game. Um, and they're also that from their defense, they're doing a far better job of stopping the run. They allowed 100 plus yards on the ground in their first seven games of the year, but they've given up less than 100 in every game except for one. Um, since I think it was week eight. So they've really started to fix their issues in stopping the run on the defensive side. Uh, you mentioned that the, the Jets have all sorts of issues right now. Zach Wilson is banged up. They're banged up at the kicker position too. Um, so I, I'm not going to let this road win against a pretty terrible Texans team fool me into thinking that the Jets are, are better than they are. Uh, this is a good bounce back spot going back to New Jersey to take on the Jets. And the game that I'm fading this week just feels like a a trap game to me, and that's the Chargers going on on the road against Cincinnati. Um, It feels like the line should be more, given how good Cincinnati is like the last couple weeks. Their number one strength right now is their run game, which is also the number one weakness of the Chargers. They cannot stop the run for their life. Um, But it just feels like the Chargers are going to come in and find a way because the oddsmakers have been so high on them all throughout the season. Justin Herbert, if you guys remember, was a top three MVP candidate. They've still remained the number two pick in the AFC West, despite all of their struggles. Um, And Joe Burrow also turns the ball over a little bit too much. He's second in the NFL in interceptions this year. And the Chargers defense from stopping the pass has actually been fairly effective. Uh, If they get Cincinnati to go away from what they've done all season, uh, I I do think the Chargers can hang around and pull off a road upset, but it just feels like, that line is messing with my head a little bit. And ultimately, I I just don't want any part of it. So those are our favorite plays and our favorite fades for the week. Let's get into best bets for tonight. We are all focused in on Monday Night Football. You have the Cowboys traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Uh, Back-to-back home games for the Saints this year. They're trying to stop a four-game losing streak. We've actually seen the number guys over at WinBet move from 5.5, which is the Cowboys as a road favorite, down to four and a half. So a little bit of money coming in early this week on the Saints. So uh, Ian, let me start with you on this one. Give me your best bet for for Thursday night. Uh, Where are you looking to go here uh, for Thursday night football?
1: Yeah, I'll make it quick. I know we're kind of running uh, short on time here, but uh, I got to take the Cowboys here. I got a little worse number last night, minus five, but I just, I don't. I mean, this is like the ultimate trap. I don't see how the Saints can compete in this game. People talk about how good the Saints defense is, and they are very good at stopping the run, one of the top teams, and in, uh, in doing that. But they're terrible stopping the pass. They are one of the worst secondaries uh, in the NFL, 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt. It's something like 76% or something of the yards gained against them coming through the air. And now they're taking on a healthy Cowboys team, or we assume is going to be healthy. Amari Cooper back in the lineup, we think. C.D. Lamb back in the lineup. Uh, I just don't know how they're going to stop the Cowboys offense, and then I don't know how... Uh, a Taysom Hill led Saints offense is going to be able to keep up with them. So this game seems so obvious to me. The part of me wants to just take the Saints because Cowboys seem so obvious, but I'm going to trust numbers here. Uh, I'll take Cowboys. I got them minus five last night, but it's down to minus four and a half now.
0: Yeah, I- I'll stay with this game as well. I like Taysom Hill with an anytime touchdown. I was able to get it at plus 200 right before we went live this morning. Uh, those odds moved down to plus 175 and I think it opened up the week. Even higher, maybe as high as plus 250. I know it was plus 275 as a consensus line for him. Um, But that was before he was announced as the starter. Uh, Now the line is starting to move a little bit further. And I talked with you guys before we went on the air. Uh, My concern was initially, well, if they start him, then they're not going to be running specific touchdown goal line plays for him where Trevor Simeon would come out and Taysom Hill would come in. And the more I think about it, I'm more the more I realize that doesn't make any sense. If he's by the goal line, if he's in the red zone, they're going to try and use Taysom Hill, regardless of whether he's dealing with this this plantar fasciitis type of foot injury that he's currently dealing with. So he's going to get in the end zone. I like that play at, at plus two to one. I still like it at plus 175 over at WinBet. bet. Uh, they need a spark in their offense desperately. Um, whether or not Taysom Hill's the guy's long-term, apparently they think he is with a four-year contract extension that could pay him upwards of $100 million. Uh, they're going to go with him, and especially with Trevor Simeon not giving him anything outside of the fourth quarter. Uh, I-, I like this number for Taysom, especially uh, considering that he has 11 touchdowns in the 12 games that he started on the ground this year. Uh, I lied. I said Donovan had a play on Thursday Night Football, but no, <laughs> I was wrong. Instead, you're looking at the association tonight with the big underdog.
2: Yeah. And so and before I get to that, both of your plays, I, I'm completely on board with them. I love both of them. But um, sure so let's, let's do it. If But if we go to the NBA tonight, I'm looking at Pistons plus 13 versus the Suns. Um, they've cleared this line in seven of the last eight games. The Suns are coming off a very hard fought win against the um, against the Warriors. They just lost Devin Booker. Um, they have to play Golden State again. in their their next game, so I think this is a really good spot um, for the Pistons to maybe get the Suns on on a letdown. I don't know if they're gonna have enough to beat uh, beat Phoenix, but I think plus 13 is very, very generous. Also sneaky, the Pistons are top five in the NBA in free throw attempts and in offensive rebounds, which is actually surprising considering how bad the rest of their offense is. But I think against DeAndre Ayton and against a good Phoenix defense, that's gonna be very, 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 very important. And so I think I think Detroit is able to cover tonight.
0: I, I really like that play. It just feels like a perfect, perfect time to start to yeah. fade the Suns. And I got to, uh,
1: Sorry, go ahead. I, go ahead.
0: No, I I just think it's, it's an ideal time to fade them. I don't think they're going to lose because now you're looking at, uh, I think, what, 18 games in a row for the Suns yeah. now on yeah, tonight. So they're not going to lose to the Pistons, but I don't think they're going to come out with that same type of energy, especially after getting a, a big win against Golden State. Go ahead, Ian.
1: I was just going to ask: is, Do we know if Lu- is
0: Luca Garza playing tonight? Oh my god,
2: she's not. He's
0: not, <laughs> not start. While I don't know if I can bet on him that. I was going to say if it comes down to to Luca Garza playing, I don't know if I want to be on the Pistons plus thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think and that tells I'm- me that this game is very much out of reach. <laughs>
1: Still holding on to like the. I, I put like a $1 bet on him to win rookie of the year. I think it was like 250 to 1 or something. So still holding <laughs> on to that.
0: <laughs> I, I, I wish you all the best <laughs> with your 250 to 1 play on Luca Garza. I know that's your guy. Thank you, guys. This has been Bet and Breakfast for Thursday for Ian, for Donovan, I and Ben. Uh, also, make sure you guys check out Bacon Bets, you know, Ian's podcast here on the Bet Sided and Minute Media Network. If you're looking for an even further breakdown on all the games this week, make sure you guys check that out. And also head over to Fansided.com/slash/BetSided. We got previews, picks, predictions on every game on the NFL's slate, as well as the big games over in college nba for tonight as well we got you covered from all of those from every single perspective so we'll talk to you guys again on monday good luck with all your bets and thanks so much for waking up with us it's been bed and breakfast we'll talk to you guys soon be good